Last Sunday, we learned that the kingdom doesn't grow unless we use our gifts. And in order for us to be effective for the Lord in building the kingdom, we all need to do our part using the gifts that he has prepared us in advance to do. We talked about how before we were even knit in our mother's wombs, God had a plan for how he was going to use us. He knew the gifts that we would have and how he wanted us to use those gifts. I was so blessed last week when I was contacted by a multiple of people wanting to know how they could use their gift that they're not using right now. I'm like, yes, that is exactly what God wants. He wants us to do what makes us passionate to help others and to draw others to the kingdom. So you guys who came to see me, awesome. The rest of you who are still figuring out what you want to come to see me about, come and see me. Let's use the gifts that God has given us. You know, when, when we're all using our gifts, there is more ministry taking place. And last week we learned that it is more betterer. So for those of you who, I, I heard that several times during the week as well. And if you weren't here, you learned that I make up words, and it's okay. So where ministry and growing the kingdom is concerned, more is always betterer. I want you guys to remember that. This week we're going to talk about confidence. And confidence to change the world, because that is what God has called us to do as his followers. I remember in high school basketball practice, our coach would tell us there is never, ever a reason to miss a free throw. We would have some practices where we would practice free throws for up to an hour. And when we missed a free throw, we had to run what was called a B drill for everyone that we missed. So we would line up and he'd say, shoot 10 free throws. If you missed six of them, you had to run six B drills. For those who don't know what a B drill is, that's, that's the baseline of the, uh, of the basketball court. You go to the free throw line, then you go back, then you go to half court, then you go back, then you go to the next free throw, then you go back, then you go way to the end, and then you go back. So if you missed six free throws, you did that six times in a row. And then you got to try 10 more free throws. (laughs) We were good at making free throws. You see, it it takes practice to have confidence. So when we knew we were going to have a free throw in the game, we'd stepped up to the line and we were pretty confident because we knew those were points we were getting. Well, God wants us to be the same way regarding sharing our testimonies. Not that we have to run B drills, but that we're confident to share our testimony. And each time that we share our testimony, it reminds us what he's done, but it also tells those people we're sharing it with what he's done in our lives and what he can do in theirs. For myself, whenever and wherever there is an opportunity, when I sense there's an opportunity to share my testimony, especially about the way God healed me, I take that opportunity. And then I look at the situation and I, and I, I look at, do I have three minutes or do I have 30 minutes? If I have three minutes, I give them the three-minute version. If I have 30 minutes, I tell them all the details 
But I'm always looking for that opportunity to encourage others that there is still hope, that God does still heal. He still does miracles. And so we should be ready. We should be confident at a moment's notice to share that condensed version or the novel version. And don't we all want to be more confident about how we share our testimony? All right, Matt wants to be more confident. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate your honesty. Um, I I think we should be, uh, I mean, if we get that opportunity, we should be like, yeah, I get to talk about what Jesus did in my life. And we should be confident about that. We shouldn't have to be afraid of it. And, And again, as I was talking about with the free throws, the way that comes, that confidence comes, is from actually doing it. You know, when the Holy Spirit leads us, that we take the Holy Spirit up on that opportunity and we share that testimony with people, even when it's in a difficult situation or we're afraid of what the outcome might be. It might be at work. It might be at school. It might be in your neighborhood. It might be one of your family members. But God is constantly giving us those opportunities and he wants us to be confident to do it. And he doesn't expect us to do it on our own. In fact, he said he sent his Holy Spirit to help us. I know that I talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, but you guys, the Holy Spirit is God, God in us. And it's important that we have as much of God in us as we can get, amen? I need as much of God in me as I can get. I need to be more like him and less like me. So when I talk about the Holy Spirit and I'm excited about the Holy Spirit, it's because I've seen what the Holy Spirit did in my life. I was such a mess before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I had, I had received Christ, and that changed the trajectory of my life incredibly. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it gave me the boldness and the confidence to do things like this, because this is not my gig, standing in front of people. It's not where my comfort zone is. But the Holy Spirit gives me the strength to do it, and he gives you the strength to do what you want. Acts chapter 6 is where we're looking this morning. And you will see uh, the scriptures on the screen, Acts chapter 6, and starting at verse 8. We're talking this morning about a man named Stephen. It says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day... Some men from the synagogue of free slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. There were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Sicilia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law. They arrested Stephen, and they brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Stephen. Now, what we didn't cover is Stephen's position at this time in ministry. Stephen 
is a man who has been selected and ordained to serve food to the widows. If you remember last week, we were talking about how the disciples had said, we can't, we can't distribute the food and preach the word of God and pray. We can't do everything. We need others to help us with this. And so it's said that they called together seven men who were full of the spirit. And the first one happened to be Stephen, uh, where it says in verse five, everyone liked this idea. Again, there's the Holy Spirit in operation because I ain't ever been anywhere where everyone likes the idea. Everyone liked the idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. He's the first one listed. They talk about how he's full of faith, how he's full of the Spirit. And so Stephen, here's this guy that is excited about Jesus. He's full of faith. He's full of the Spirit. And they pick Stephen to distribute the food. I can see Stephen... Well, I can imagine Stephen. I can't actually see him. But I can imagine Stephen smiling, talking with them. He's full of the Spirit. He's excited about getting to serve God and to serve these widows. I can see him always being kind to them, being gracious, being helpful. And yet there was something stirring in Stephen that goes far and above and beyond just that act, that gift, that service that he's giving. Stephen was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And he was happy to serve the widows, but what really thrilled Stephen's soul was telling others about Jesus. And he saw this as an opportunity to be part of that. I can only imagine there were times when he's handing food out and probably praying for these widows and then saying, do you, do you know about Jesus? And then telling him, you know, the, the condensed version because they're all lined up. He's just giving them a little short testimony. Here's what Jesus did in my life. Here's what Jesus can do for you. I can see Stephen doing this because he's excited. He's full of the spirit. The thing is, this caused a problem. Because he was making the very same people mad that Jesus did. He was doing actually what Jesus did. And so he was making the same people mad. And, and when he spoke to people about God's love for them, he spoke plainly about the heart condition. He was transparent. He was clear. He talked about the problem with sin in our lives. He talked about being set free in Jesus. He, he told the whole thing, whether it was comfortable for those listening or not. And all of chapter seven, and we're not gonna read all of chapter seven, that's your homework for day. When you go home from here, read all of chapter seven. It's amazing. But all of chapter seven is Stephen sharing the gospel in his own words. The entire chapter, we see really from verse 1 until verse 50, Stephen is sharing the gospel. And he's sharing it with people who don't want to hear it. That's what's even more amazing about it. And when Stephen was moved by the Spirit, he wasn't afraid to tell it like it is. So nice, angelic-looking Stephen Let's these people really have it with both barrels, if you know what that means. He gives it to them. And he wasn't afraid to be part 
of changing the world. Read with me in verse 51 through 60 of of chapter 7. We're just going to read those last 10 verses. And again, I want you to read the whole chapter later today. But here's what I'm talking about. At verse 51, where I say that he wasn't afraid to pull punches. He wasn't afraid to use both barrels. He says, you stubborn people. (laughs) These are people who can do what they did to Jesus, to Stephen. He says, you stubborn people. You are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? These are religious leaders that Stephen is talking to. And the only way you talk like that, you guys, is if you're full of the Spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, to give us confidence and boldness. (laughs) He says, that's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. So not just Jesus, but they killed the prophets as well, is what he's saying. He says, you deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven... And saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened. And the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and they began shouting. They rushed at him and they dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. You see, the Holy Spirit gave Stephen the boldness to proclaim the truth. And he gave them the confidence to talk about their spiritual situation. And you will have times when you're at work, when you're at home or in the workplace, and you have friends, neighbors, whoever these people are that the Holy Spirit has brought into your presence, and the Holy Spirit will read their mail. And you'll begin to talk to them about what God is wanting to say to them in their life and has been saying to them possibly for maybe their whole lifetimes. That's what's happening here with Stephen. He shares the gospel and then he tells them like it is. And that same Holy Spirit that gave Stephen that grace, that power, that divine influence to do that, he does that today in us. He gives us that same boldness, that same confidence, that ability. And know this... Even when it's scary, it is always right to proclaim the truth according to God's word. It's always right. It's always right to be a part of changing the world. So what do we need to learn from this, this story of Stephen? I want us to look again in verse 59 and 60. It says, as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, 
Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. I think that the chances of us sharing the gospel here in America and being killed for it are pretty limited. So I'm not saying that's what we need to learn is that when we share the gospel, we're probably going to lose our lives. That's probably not going to happen here. It does happen in a multitude of other countries. See, we don't have that level of persecution. But, but what I want us to see here, what I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to see here, is that Stephen, even in the midst of this situation where these people are killing him, he asked Father to forgive them. Do you remember what Jesus said on the cross in those last moments? Forgive them for they know not what they do. That's what Stephen is doing here at that last moment in his life. And when others disregard our proclamation of the gospel or they even cause us harm, we can't take it personally. Nor can we judge them for their lack of acceptance. You see, it's not about us, you guys. We're just the messenger. And that's what Stephen is in this story. He's just the messenger. He's just a guy going after God and telling everybody about it, even if it costs him his life. You see, how they receive it, that's Father's job, not ours. How they receive us, how they treat us, that's Father's job, not ours. Our job is to proclaim what he's done in our life. Our job is to share that word with them and to hopefully be the one that gets to lead them to Christ. And we might be the one or we might be the first one to ever share with them. And it might be number 39. We don't know where we are in that order, but our job is to do what he's called us to do. And see, I, I was this morning, man, what a, what a beautiful time of the music part of worship. I, I cried and I cried and I cried some more. And I said, thank you, God, for letting me be here and to be part of this, to worship with these beautiful people together. Literally, that is what I was saying to him. And it is, and it, and it was. But you guys, it goes so far beyond what we just did here. It goes so far beyond even what you hear in this word. It has to go beyond this. There are thousands of people who do not know Jesus that we come in contact with every day. People who, like me, someday could be standing in the presence of a worship service saying, thank you, Jesus, that I get to be with all these beautiful people worshiping you. I am so thankful for Tom, who pursued me for years, pursued me for years inviting me to church. And I'd say to him, Tom, I have no interest. I don't want to come. Stop asking me to come. And he kept pursuing me. He didn't take it personally. He knew that I was his mission. And eventually when I gave in and I went to church that one night and said to him, don't ever ask me again, that was the night I came to know Jesus at age 23. See, Tom was fearless about it. 
He didn't care really if I liked him or if I got mad at him about it or he didn't, you know, he just kept asking every time. And that's what God's called us to do. And I think about Stephen in this story and Stephen, he pulls no punches. I mean, he, he tells them where it is in their life and what's going on. The Holy Spirit speaks to them so powerfully about what needs to change and he's not afraid to do it even knowing he could lose his life. And then he does lose his life. And then as he's losing his life, he just says, God, forgive them. See, it's our job to change the world. Not, not just Pastor Bob, not just the staff here or the deacons. Or, it's our job to change the world. It's why Jesus gave his life for us specifically because he knew we would be connected to people who would need to know him as well and that we would share our testimony. Whether it's the short three-minute testimony or the 30-minute testimony, like I can't even imagine how long this went on with Stephen. It's a whole chapter, you guys. But that's why he drew us is because he knew we could draw others and he knew that those people would be a part of our life. He's called us to change the world. I want us just to watch a short video. Yeah, you, and I know I'm not supposed to point because it's got a nail in it, but my finger has a nail in it. Dumb dad joke, sorry. They just spill out of me sometimes. I don't even think about it. You, you were created to change the world, you guys. We, we were all created to change the world. And sometimes it'll be messy, sometimes it won't be messy, 
But that's why God created you. You're a child of God. You're created for an extraordinary life. And like Stephen, you're created to change the world. And it it doesn't matter the position you're serving in. Stephen, in this story, goes from being the guy who serves food to the widows to sharing the gospel with the religious leaders and telling them the truth and even losing his life for it. It's, it's not even about, there, there isn't even a position in ministry, I don't think. I think we're all, we're all ministers. We're all called to change the world. And whether you're the person who, who feeds the widows or you share the, the word on Sunday morning or you lead the worship or you, and I can't, can't tell you guys enough of this, Every one of you is extraordinary. Every one of you has been called to change the world that you live in, the people that God has put in your circle of influence. So I encourage you, don't let the dream die. Don't settle for less. Don't put up walls. Don't blend in. Look for the opportunity. I encourage you in the morning as part of your time of devotion to say, God, who do you want me to share Jesus with today? That's a bold, audacious, scary prayer. And if you do it and you do it consistently, I guarantee you this, he will begin to show you people he wants you to share Jesus with. And you'll begin to see the world change around you as a result of doing it. And he'll give you the ability to do it. He'll give you the boldness. He'll give you the confidence. He'll give you the words. That's what the Holy Spirit says. That's what the word says. Be like Stephen And remember that you were created for more. In your daily life, you were created for more than just going through the motions. Do any of you have like a schedule in your day? I was kind of joking about that because I know you do. but, But I'm like, I mean, I know when I wake up two minutes before my alarm goes off, Sometimes I do that so that she doesn't wake up because I want to be nice. Sometimes I just am awake anyway. But I, I shut my alarm off. I, I go down. I start to make the coffee. I know how long the coffee makes. So then I go down and feed the dumb cats that were babysitting <laughs> that are in the basement. And then after I've fed the dumb cats that I hate, I go back upstairs. And my coffee is just about done. And then after I get my coffee, then I go to do my devotions. After I do my, So I have a schedule. You guys have a schedule? Right. Don't let your schedule keep you from changing the world. And I'm a person who I I get into that and I'm like, okay, now this is when I need to do this. Well, you know what? Here's how the Holy Spirit works. I might have something scheduled at 1.15 and the Holy Spirit's got something else scheduled. Let the Holy Spirit break into your schedule just like Stephen did in this story and be a part of changing the world. Let's stand up together. What does this mean for you? What does this mean for you? Are you prepared to share your testimony at any opportunity? If you go to Walmart from here directly to to do some shopping, are you ready to share your testimony if you come into contact with someone who needs to hear it? 
We, we should be ready to give the three-minute testimony or the 30-minute testimony, whatever fits. But are you ready to do that? Ask the Holy Spirit to give you that ability to do it each and every day. What helps build your confidence in sharing the gospel? I believe, just like when I talked about at the beginning of the message and shooting endless free throws, endlessly sharing our testimony. The more often we share what God has done in our life, the more confident we become. And the Holy Spirit still is there helping us do it. I want to challenge you with this. Who are the two or three people that you know, the two or three people that you know that need to hear about Jesus? Because there are at least two or three you know. The, the guys who write statistics, I don't know who they are, but the guys who write statistics say that all of us have a circle of influence of about 30 people. And in those 30 people, you guys, there are two or three people you know who need to know Jesus. So ask the Holy Spirit, who are those people? And how are you planning to talk to them about him? I personally would not start the conversation like Steve did when he said, you stiff-necked people. Your hearts and your ears are still uncircumcised. Don't start the conversation like that. Because they're less likely to be open to what you have to share. But Stephen did it, didn't he? You know, um, you do what the Spirit tells you to do, but let's do it. Man, I, I long to hear as your pastor. Pastor, I got to share my testimony with somebody. And even if they didn't respond the way you thought, man, I'd just love to hear that you got to share your testimony. Because I know that I know that I know that that person at some point is going to hear testimony from someone else. At some point, they're going to come to know Jesus. Holy Spirit is going to pursue them till the day they take their last breath. I'd love to hear that you're out sharing your testimony. That's what we're here to do. We're here to build the kingdom. To have people come to know him. I'd like you to to pray out loud with me. Lord Jesus, your grace, your divine influence changed my life. I want to make myself available to tell others about you. Help me today to have the boldness and confidence to tell your story without fear no matter the cost amen father today i ask that you would do this very thing that we have just prayed for god i ask that each morning as we rise out of our bed every person who's heard this message the first thing that would happen is the holy spirit puts someone on our mind that we need to share jesus with God, I pray that you'd fill us with your boldness and your confidence. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can pray for the sick. We can share with the lost what you have done. God, I ask that you would bless these today. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Be their peace. Be their confidence. Be their boldness. Be their provision. And most of all, be their Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.